0: From Parkway Church in Corona, this is the Parkway Podcast. We hope this message blesses and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. For more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website at okay. Um, My message today is entitled Big Gulp, okay? How many of you have ever heard of the 7-Eleven Big Gulp? Put up your head, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's like that massive two-liter slushy. Um, it's basically the quickest way to get diabetes, I think, um, is the 7-Eleven Big Gulp. I knew kids in school that would go and get one every single day. And uh, I, I, I don't understand that. My stomach doesn't handle sugar well, they say. I'm trying to somewhat I'm trying to cut sugar back but mostly the sugar that I drink because apparently that's the worst sugar is the liquid sugar because it's I guess that's what is really 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 bad for you so what I do is I substitute that for extra cookies and brownies and butter tarts that kind of thing so because those are great for you now so Um, so my message today is called Big Gulp and how many of you have heard of 7-Eleven's Bring your own cup day. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Put up your hand if you do not know what I'm referring to. Okay, great. So 7-Eleven does this thing every year where for a fixed rate, I believe it's like $2, you bring your own cup, and there's one rule. If it fits under the slushy machine, it's yours for $2. So I have some photos of, as you can imagine, people get a little carried away. This girl brings a mixing bowl, fills it with uh, Slurpee. This guy fills two buckets of KFC chicken. Now listen, I don't know where he got those buckets of chicken. I don't know if they're greasy on the inside or if he works at a KFC, but that's an interesting one. This girl brought a water jug, and hey, it fits, so it's hers, for two dollars. And this last one is outrageous. These people fit a kiddie pool under the slushy machine. And those people would have paid the same amount as the person who would have came with a little water bottle and said, this is all I need. There's some more outrageous photos I've seen. I've seen people do some crazy things. One guy took off his prosthetic leg and filled it with slushy. That's on the internet. You can look it up. Just Google search it. So my message today is called Big Gulp. We're going to discuss today increasing your spiritual capacity, okay? God has an incredible capacity for everybody in this room uh, to contain his goodness and his Holy Spirit and to do things for his kingdom, and it all comes at the same price, right? Just like these people bringing a kiddie pool. Um, <laughs> so I had a pastor one time say something to me, and it kind of changed my life. I asked him a question about somebody who... Um, is involved in a ministry here, and I said, this person doesn't, I said, what do you do if this person doesn't believe that they have a great capacity? Or, you know, they don't like to necessarily do things up front on stage. They don't like to necessarily preach. And you know what he said to me? This is what he said. We all have the exact same spiritual capacity. It's just, we all offer different things to the table, and that all needs to be celebrated. I'll say that again, everybody, Nobody has a greater capacity to do ministry than somebody else. We just offer different things to the table. And all of those things need to be celebrated. Found that incredible. We often think of the pastors who preach or the people that lead worship or the Sunday school teachers. That those people have, those are the ones with the big capacity for ministry. But the people greeting maybe or the people, you know, that sweep the parking lot don't have the same capacity for ministry. But it's simply not true. We all have our part in the kingdom. Because the Bible, the Bible talks about it directly, right? What if all we could all do, everybody in this room, the only gift we had was preaching. We wouldn't really get a whole lot of anywhere. We would just be shouting at each other every Sunday, right? We all have a capacity for ministry. But here's the thing. Our spiritual capacity can change. So the word capacity, when you look at the word capacity in the dictionary... It has two different definitions, and I love both of them in this context. One says, the maximum amount that something can contain. So sometimes, if we refer to spiritual capacity, it's how much of the Holy Spirit are we allowing in? How much? Um, so I've actually heard pastors use the term almost like a spiritual reservoir. It's like how much of the Holy Spirit's power do we have in our body? That is our spiritual capacity. But listen to the second definition of capacity. The maximum amount something can produce. That's the second definition. The two definitions, the maximum amount something can contain and the maximum amount that something can produce. Okay? Those, uh, God has created us, every person in this room, with a purpose, with a plan. In his big book of the plans for the world, everybody's got their page and everybody's all written in together to do their part. Now, here's the beautiful thing, is everybody's purpose is different. Some may look similar, but everybody's purpose is different. Everybody's purpose requires us to have a spiritual capacity. God does not have in his plan for somebody to not do any work for the kingdom. I don't believe there's any person ever created that God said, you know what, in my plan for them, they're actually not going to do any work for the kingdom. He's created us all with a spiritual capacity to contain his spirit and to produce. We're going to talk about some things that we're going to produce later. I believe that the second definition uh, of those two definitions, the second one, um, the maximum amount that something can produce... I believe that that's a slave to the first definition. So what I mean by that is the second definition, that what we produce is slave to how much of God we contain in our, in our spirits. Are you tracking with me on that one? What we're able to produce is a slave to what we are able to contain. If, we're not, if we don't contain God's spirit within us, if we don't contain God's goodness, we're not going to be able to produce anything. It's a very simple concept. If you don't put gas in your car, your car's not going to go. If you put the wrong type of gas, if you put diesel in your gas car, it's also not going to go. Right? Your production is slave to what you're able to contain. Your spiritual capacity can change. I think your spiritual capacity uh, in both, both definitions of the word, what you can contain and what you can produce, can go up. And I believe that it can also go down. We're going to talk about that. Um, if you read, if you had to, you know what, don't bother turning to your Bibles, but because by the time you get there, I'm going to be done reading anyway. So most of you probably know this passage anyway. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 2 says this. And uh, Paul is addressing the church and the church leaders here. And that's important, and we're going to get to that, who he's addressing. It says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, As mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. It seems that Paul is telling the church here that they're living in the flesh. And any of you who have read or studied uh, the book of Romans know that the entire theme of the book of Romans, uh, which was a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome, The entire theme of it was the battle between your flesh and the battle between your spirit and how those two things are never going to get along. So you need to feed one and starve the other. And depending on which one you feed, you're going to produce what comes out of what you feed. So that is the entire theme of the book of Romans. So Paul is addressing the fact that they're still worldly. He says, I could not address you as people who live by the spirit, but people who live by the world. It seems that Paul is telling these people that they're living by the flesh. So what they're doing is they're satisfying the things that they want, that their brain wants, that their body wants, and they're not feeding what the spirit wants. Essentially, what I I would use it as um, they're choking, I guess, their spirit. They're, They're like bottlenecking their spirit. Only so much can get through because they're feeding their flesh more than they were feeding their spirits. And as a result... Paul is addressing the issue of a small capacity. We know when babies are born, <coughs> obviously when babies are born, they drink milk, and that's it. But wouldn't you be a little concerned if your kid turned 5 years old, 7 years old, 10 years old, 35, 50, and they're still drinking milk? That's it? Just drinking milk? There, there'd be something wrong, and we'd, we'd be a little concerned. But there's Christians that have been Christians for 15 years, 20 years, that are still drinking milk. Paul's addressing the issue of them having a small capacity. I believe that he's addressing the issue that they don't have a lot of the Holy Spirit inside of them, that their spiritual reservoir, their spiritual gas tank, for lack of a better term, is small, and thus they're not producing much either. That's the issue that he's addressing here. We know that if if we were to only drink milk and that's it, we wouldn't have enough energy to get through our days. Does it make sense? Babies don't do anything. (laughs) Babies drink milk because they don't need to do anything. They don't need the energy. The, The energy that they need is to raise their voice loud enough for you to know that they want more milk, right? Babies cannot continue to grow until they are able to move up into eating solid foods. If you only fed a baby milk and never stopped, and that's all you gave it, it's not going to grow properly. It's not going to develop properly. That's what happens to Christians. That's what was happening to the Roman church at this time. They were still going to church on Sunday, and their relationship with Jesus was surface level. They weren't digging deep into what God had for them. They were coming to God's slurpy machine with a water bottle instead of a kiddie pool, Right? because they were filling their bellies with other things, not leaving room for their spirit to grow. He was letting them know, he was letting the Christians know their capacity can change, that there's more, that they need to do better. That's what he's telling the Roman church is that they need to do better. They need to move up into eating solid food. because Solid food's way better too. It's just way better. Man. Burgers and sushi. Like, what if we all were still just drinking milk? That would be awful. Um, Here's here's what's important, though. When you read the passage, it says, Paul to the church and its leaders. Paul's not addressing non-Christians here. He's not addressing baby Christians. He's not saying to the new believers, he's not telling them, you need to hurry up and grow up. He's talking to the church and the church leaders. There was church leaders that were still drinking spiritual milk. Um, And this isn't a thing, a church of condemnation, what I'm about to say. It's just, for those of you who know me, I tend to be just a matter-of-fact kind of guy. I I like my stats. I like my facts. The church in North America is looked at by the rest of the world as being Christian babies. The rest of the world finds it absolutely bizarre the way that we do Christianity here a lot of times, right? Right? Like when you look at how people in Africa will worship the same Jesus that we worship, you know, we'll 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 come up here and be like, you know what? I don't like this song. I really don't like this song. So you know what? I'm gonna wait till the next one comes on, or I'm gonna wait until we sing reckless love. And then I'll worship, because that's that's the good stuff. People in Africa, the way that they worship is they they dance, they they create their own music and they dance until they pass out in. Literally are sprawled out on the floor, dehydrated. Now, I'm not saying God necessarily wants us to dehydrate ourselves, <laughs> but are you getting my point? People around the world look at us and see us as still drinking milk. The consumerist way that we look at churches is, well, what can the church offer me? What can the church feed me today? I don't feel like going to church, so I'm just going to watch the Judah Smith podcast um, on iTunes. The world looks at that and says, man, those North Americans have everything, but they're spiritual babies. They're still drinking milk over there. I think sometimes we send missionaries to other countries that know Jesus better than we do sometimes. I know that, I know that I'm, it sounds harsh, and, and I'm, I'm included in this church. I'm not, I'm, I'm not separating myself from the rest of us today. I think that healing should not be an exception. It shouldn't be something we're like, wow, that's amazing. It's just because we don't have a great spiritual capacity. Our capacity doesn't change physically. We, there's nothing that we can do in our power to expand our physical capac- or our spiritual capacities. It's only by what God allows us and gives us. And that's the beauty of it. Because if, it was, if we had to earn our spiritual capacity, we'd never get there but it's only by what God gives us and what God knows he can give us and God, what God knows we can handle. Listen, church, my desire for Parkway Church is to have, an inc- every Sunday that we gather is to have an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit. My heart and my dream and my vision for this church is when people come in here that they're overwhelmed by the Spirit of God, that we can have services where you feel the glory of God. Now, the glory of God is actually... Um, not what we often think of it, of it as being. We think of like, you know, um, these great escalades where we're uh, making a lot of noise, that kind of glory. But God's glory is like a heaviness. It's it's a weight because of his power. My my dream for this church, my vision is that we see that. But I wonder if God's not pouring out because I don't think God likes to waste stuff. Why would God give us an incredible outpouring if we have such small capacities that it's just overflowing and going to waste does that are you following with me why would god give us an incredible outpouring if we can't even contain it and not even understand fully what's going on we have to grow up before we receive the outpouring parkway needs to grow up i need to grow up before i receive the outpouring the way we want to see it it's easy to look at other churches, there's a church I'm thinking in particular, I look at, I'm um, a church called Bethel in California, right in California, that church, um, I know a couple people that have gone there and they say, you know when, uh, church, you know when we're in like the depths of worship and you feel that weight of God and it's almost hard to stand up and it's hard, to, it's almost like it, it creates like a thickness in the air and you're like, wow. God's presence is here. It's like that the second they start church because the people there have labored to grow their spiritual capacities. The people there have studied the word. The people there have opened up their hearts with their KFC buckets and said, God, we want more. They have people who have the capacity for it will receive the full outpouring as God allows them to have it. Picture if you're starving in the desert and you need to collect rain water, right? You and your family are out in the desert. It's a drought. There's finally rain. You're not putting this out there because you're, it's going to waste a lot of the rain. You're, you, so much is going to waste. You're going to offer all that you have, and you're going to stick it out in the rain for it to catch everything because you, you can't receive a lot until you have something that can contain a lot. So, how, church, do we expand our spiritual capacities? How do we open up our spirits to allow more of God's goodness? How do we contain more of God so we can give and produce more of God's gifts and God's fruit and the things that God wants? How do we do that? The first and foremost thing is to know the Word of God. I'm not talking know the Word of God like know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and watch the Veggie Tales version of it with the chocolate bunny. I'm not talking know the story of Noah's Ark. I'm talking know the word of God. We need to know. We need to live the word of God. There's a difference between hearing and knowing. The word of God is our main tool. If we're spiritual workers, the word of God's our tool. Around our tool belt, It's the first thing we need to uh, draw from. Jesus knew the word of God. Jesus, now listen, Jesus knew the word of God in ways that even people who studied the Old Testament back then didn't know it. The people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those people knew the word of God in their heads. They could recite it, but they didn't know it to be real in their hearts. They missed the point. It didn't bring life to them. They didn't live it out. They didn't know the word of God. Listen, when Jesus was talking in Matthew chapter 4, um, when he was being tempted by Satan, Satan himself was tempting Jesus. And what was Jesus' reaction? Jesus answered. But he uh, Jesus answered, "It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God." Jesus was quoting Deuteronomy 8. His immediate defense and attack to the devil, was knowing the word of God. Jesus didn't have to go, oh, hold on, let me uh, look that up. That one thing about the bread of God, Jesus knew it. He breathed it. His, his reaction was to speak the word of God. Um, again, he says to the devil in Matthew uh, chapter, oh, no, sorry, this is a different passage. I have them all jumbled here. Um, Jesus said, said this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus spoke that as teaching. He was quoting scripture from the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 6. When Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees, he says this. You hypocrites. What did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said... This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. That's in Matthew chapter 15. Jesus uses that as a rebuke, and he's quoting Isaiah. Because God, um, or sorry, Jesus knew the word of God. Jesus didn't think his way through it. He didn't try and come up with a plan to get back at them Jesus lived the word of God. He knew it. The word of God is where our wisdom and our values and our knowledge of the kingdom come from. Another way to increase our capacity is to know God personally. Again, do, you, do, we, know, do we truly know God personally? Do we know God's character do we know the things that God wants? Do, we, do our hearts get upset for the things that God's hearts get upset for? Do we really know God? Jesus, when, when Jesus spoke about the Father, he spoke about the Father very personally. Uh, when, you, when you look at all the times that Jesus talks about the Father, he says, My Father said this. My Father spoke this. My Father is with me. Jesus talks about him confidently. When the father would speak to Jesus, Jesus knew it, and he was confident, because he would just say, my father said this to me, you know, this is my father's kingdom. Do, are we able to speak about God that confidently? Do we know God enough to speak about him that confidently that we can be like, oh no, yeah, my father spoke that to me. Last week. <laughs> knowing God personally, and knowing the word of God. I think those are things that, they require work, they require effort, but that church is how we can increase our capacity. I think that doing the opposite of those things is how we can actually make our capacity shrink. I think there, there's people that have had incredible uh, abilities to, to produce um, to produce seeds in the, uh, sorry, produce disciples in the kingdom to sow seeds, but whether it's it could be a moral failure. It could be they all of a sudden are going through a season where they're not in the word anymore. I believe our capacity can actually change very quickly. So let me tell you this. If you are so close with Jesus that you're in your workplace, and you're working, and you hear the voice of God speak to you, and, and it said, I've got a word for somebody. at have five desks over, and you need to give it to them later this afternoon. That's what it looks like to have a large spiritual capacity. But I think if you're not in the word, you haven't been praying, I don't even think your mind's gonna be focused on God enough to be able to actually realize when he's speaking. I'm absolutely guilty of this, 100%. Have you ever noticed when you come off of a time of spending real time with Jesus where you've studied his word and you've prayed and you've worshiped in your own house or car or whatever, you almost feel as if you're more connected with God. You feel as if he's close. That's what it means to have a greater spiritual capacity because maybe your capacity to contain God hasn't changed, but if your mind isn't focused on him, your capacity to produce has absolutely changed. How are are we producing if we're not even focused? Are are you guys tracking with me? Am I making sense? Okay, awesome, because if I'm not, I can move on. So what does it look like? For the individual, it means a greater output of the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit. It means a greater output of the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit. For those of, uh, those of you in the room who have been filled with the Holy Spirit's power or baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's actually a re-infilling that happens and another filling that happens and another filling that happens. I don't believe that if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it happens once and that's it. I believe that God actually calls us to continually repent, continually come forward and say, God, I want, I need more of your power. I need you to increase my spirit, to hold more so I can do more with with this power that you've given me. So it's called a refilling. I believe that there's another filling that comes and another filling that comes. Every day, if you ask God, Lord, the power that you've given me, I pray that you would increase my capacity for more. I believe your life is going to look a lot different. Larger capacity means a greater boldness, means a greater power to show people who Jesus is. This world doesn't need to hear who Jesus is. They need to know who he is. They need to see it through us who he is. Without a spiritual capacity to be filled with the Holy Spirit's goodness and the Holy Spirit's power and the Holy Spirit's grace. It's gonna be pretty hard to show people who Jesus is if he's not even within our our bodies and our spirits. The gifts of the Spirit, we all know the gifts of the Spirit. They're the things that um, transcend human nature, the things that shock people because that's not naturally what we gravitate towards and those are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those things are completely contrary to what our human nature would act upon, right? When things go wrong, who's like, you know what? I'm going to be loving and patient in this. It's definitely not where I go. If I'm in a place where I'm hurting, where I'm tired or I'm burned out, I'm I'm, I'm never like, you know what? I'm going to practice my self-control in this time. This is a great time to test my self-control. We don't think like that. But the greater capacity that we have to hold the Holy Spirit's power within us, the greater output of the gifts of the, of the fruit of the Spirit that we're going to have on the people around us, and we're gonna, going to actually cut through their hearts. I believe that when we output the gifts, or the, I keep mixing them up. Sorry, church. When we output the fruit of the Spirit that the, that the Holy Spirit is working on the hearts of the people we're showing it to, because again, I don't think God likes things to go to waste. And, and I'll say it again. The fruit of the Spirit are the things that truly show people who Jesus is because those things are not natural to the human nature. I think when people are kind to us, I think when people are generous to us, When people sacrifice for us, those are the things that make us step back and go, wow, there's, why'd you do that? That's not normal. It's what comes with a greater spiritual capacity. Without it, it's going to be very difficult to show people who Jesus is. Can I get, um, uh, David, do you actually want to come and take my place and go on the keys? Church, why don't we stand up for a second? I don't want to prolong this. I don't want to make this. um, I don't want to do this for the sake of doing this. But I believe, church, I don't believe I know that God's will for this church is that we have every Sunday that people come in here and sense his goodness, that they're touched by the Holy Spirit's power. But to do so, our capacities need to increase. We need to produce more. We need to contain more. Or else God is not going to give us more. Look, I had a pastor say this to me once. He said, you know what, Mitch? He says, every youth pastor wants their youth group, you know, to have like 75 kids and are going on these wild trips. But are you ready if 75 students walked into your youth ministry Friday? And I was like, no. Well, why would God God ever bring that to you if you're not ready for it? Why would God take us to the next level, church, if we're still drinking milk? He's not going to roll out the grilled cheeseburger if we're still drinking milk. You hearing me? So why don't we all around this room, just close your eyes. I want us to just focus. Go to that place where you know it's just you and Jesus. Nothing else matters right now. Go to that place where it's just you and Jesus, and I want you to just begin to offer yourself to him. I want you today, in your heart, to walk to God's slurping machine with the kiddie pool today, not with the small cup. Um, And this is just a symbolic act. I want you to hold your hands out in front of you, almost like you're ready to receive a cafeteria tray, and just begin to say, God, I want what you have for me today. Give me more today. Jesus, increase me today. Just for the next few moments, we don't need to prolong this. I just want you to call on Jesus and say, Jesus, more. Increase me. I want to do more. I want to receive more. I want to be more like you. Jesus. God, what is choking my capacity today? What do I need to get rid of? Give me more, God, so I can eat at your table. Have all that you have. Jesus, give me more. I want you to just for the next minute, listen to God's voice. Uh, God, I just declare that you would speak to people in this room about things that are choking their capacity. God, what's stopping me today from receiving more? What do I need to do to produce more? What am I missing? Jesus. Holy Spirit, come work in our hearts. God, I just declare over everybody in this house right now, for every person in this room, Holy Spirit, come. Give us a refreshing sense of your presence today. Pray that you would work in our hearts, God, I pray for those, and only you know our hearts, God, those who want to do more for your kingdom, those who want to contain more of what you have for them, I just declare right now that you would begin to work in their hearts, that you would tear down the barriers that are stopping the Holy Spirit from getting into our hearts. Pray that you would break down walls that are stopping us from being courageous and stopping us from outputting all of the things that you would have us to do pray that we would begin to align with your purpose for us. That you would fill us with power so we can barrel down the path that you've called us to go down. Lord, I pray that you would increase the capacity of Parkway Church. pray every Sunday that we gather that your spirit would pour out, God, in the way that you know we need it. pray that you would fill your people with the love for your word. God, reading your word is hard. God, the book of Numbers is pouring, but I just pray that you would give us a love and a desire for more of your word, that it would come alive to us as we read it. God, that those of us who have never studied your word, that it would come alive to us, that Holy Spirit, you would illuminate truth to us, that it would jump out of the book and punch us in the face and say, this is what I'm speaking to you. I declare for the people, God, that have studied your word for years upon years, I pray that you would breathe new life in their hearts, that you would illuminate new truths to them, that a passage they've read 5,000 times would jump out and say, this is what I'm speaking to you. I declare this over your people. I pray that we would leave today knowing you, knowing your goodness, and knowing your truth today. Pray that we would come next week, look back at this we can say, wow, look at how far behind we were last week. Look where we are today. We would do that every single week that comes. That's six months from now. We would look back and say, wow, remember where we were in February? I can't believe we were that far behind. Look what we're able to do now. Declare this, God, over every person in this room, every heart, and every person in this house that's not here today. Holy Spirit, I can sense your presence so strong in this room right now. (sighs) Declare, Lord, that you would uh, go with us as we leave today. Holy Spirit that you wouldn't leave us. We need you. We're nothing without you. Increase us today. Let us produce more tomorrow. We declare all of these things. And everybody in the house said, Amen, church. Thank you so much for listening to our message. If you liked what you heard, we would love to have you join us on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you would like to know more about us as a church or to know where we are located, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com.